All right. So tonight we're going to talk about where you'll work as a developer on the Salesforce platform here on System.Debug. I'm disappointed. I didn't get to see the air guitar live. Live? Maybe I'm the closing. But speaking of live, Ryan. Yeah, what are you doing What's here up, in man? Wisconsin? It's so good to see you. All right. So if you if you haven't figured out what's going on here, I'm actually here in uh, Wisconsin, broadcasting yeah. live from Ryan's house for once, and RJ is still stuck in Atlanta. Oh yeah, RJ, that one stuck. Oh, yeah, totally we, we we have a dip, we have to get used to a different camera situation here. We got a camera up here, but we got our screen to make sure we're not doing anything silly there. So we're gonna we're gonna wing this one. Yes. So and uh, hopefully the mic's working. So anyway. <laughs> I can hear you guys. Well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, all right. We all know that uh, Dreamforce is coming up real quick. Mm -hmm. Right? A couple of weeks. Yeah, it's like less than 30 days away now. Blowing my mind. You got your plane ticket? Plane ticket is bought. Yes. Yes? Yes, on credit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to like, take out loans to get to Dreamforce this year. I was really hoping he was going to say he hadn't bought his plane ticket yet. Because then I wouldn't be alone. I have not bought my plane ticket. Um. You guys might want to blow up my Twitter or something and make sure I do that. Otherwise, Remind him. Otherwise, I will miss often. Dreamforce, and I think I'm going to make some people upset. So Yeah, we can't have you miss Dreamforce because now we got shirts. That's right, matching shirts. I'm totally going to wear it, too. Yeah, I'll be wearing it. Are you wearing yours, RJ? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> wait, <laughs> totally. wait, is RJ going to Dreamforce? No, RJ's not, but he's also Damn not actually it. wearing a shirt. No, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm the lone wolf here in this situation. <laughs> All right, fine. Fine. So let's talk about where you're going to work for the Salesforce platform, right? Lots of jobs availability. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, I heard that there is actually about a zero percent unemployment rate uh, on average for for IT jobs currently in the United States, which is pretty phenomenal. That's crazy. And that's I'm pretty sure that translates into developers on Salesforce. But you're going to have a couple of different options as to where you could possibly end up going to work, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got People like uh, RJ and myself, we work for an ISV, which is, you know, a big Salesforce kind of company. You have uh, Ryan here. Ryan yep. works for a consultancy, which kind of onboards. Yeah, we do it all. Onboards, customization, support, right. all that stuff. Yeah. And then you could also end up doing uh, customer, which more or less is, well, it, it's kind of as it sounds. They're the ones using the consultancies and using the ISV mm -hmm. uh, for the platform. So to kind of get more into day deal blah, detail. Mm -hmm. about the day-to-day -day of it i want to i guess start out by talking about consultancies so how long have you been working at a consultancy ryan i have been a consultant since 2002 so what is that like almost 16 years all right and now you're at um flexion yes flexion in sun prairie wisconsin yeah i pronounced that correctly yes you did okay. f-l-e-x-i-o-n flexion so flexion bending stuff but this is your second go with them yes it's my second go all right when you first started, how is it different than uh, what you're doing kind of now? Um, now is very focused, right? Because I'm on Salesforce platform, and I've told them when I came back that that's all I'm going to be doing. That's all I'm interested in doing for them is working on the Salesforce plat uh, platform. Before that, I was DevOps, so I was doing everything. I was you know, starting in the project management. I'd spin up the Linux boxes, configure Apache, configure the, server, the SQL servers, code it, 
deliver it, support it. I mean, I did. I was full stack, right? Oh, I mean, okay. So I did Flexion everything. more than just Salesforce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, oh. As a matter of fact, I um, Flexion, I am the practice lead there, and it's a very small practice at this point in time. I, I brought them uh, the ability to do Salesforce stuff. They didn't have Salesforce before. Okay, that's super cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I brought that to them when I came back. So now how does it usually go about when you're starting up uh, as even like a lead developer? A new project comes in. How does that kind of take hold inside of the your job? It really depends on who you're engaging with. Um, it depends mostly on like if the client that we are working with already has project management set up or already has BA. Otherwise, we have to supply that, right? So it really depends on where in the process we're starting. A lot of times we'll jump in and they, they already have requirements. So we mm -hmm. just kind of sit down and verify with them. Is this really what you want? We try to dig and tease more details out because the devil's always in the details. You can get some sort of what they call fixed bid, which is not something I like to do because there's just always so many unknowns. Um, but you know, to tease out more information to figure out, you know, okay, here's potential gotchas, here's integration points, et cetera. You have to know something about their business as well. You can't just kind of, you know, you, you don't live in this little box anymore. There's, you know, for, for one of my clients, they, they do a lot of printing for another client. They do nothing but support for their HR organization. Right. So it's, it's, you get exposed to a lot of different businesses and you kind of have to have more of a, a breadth. You don't necessarily have to have a tap root down in any one of these technologies or, or verticals, but you kind of have to at least be able to pick up on that stuff quickly mm -hmm. as a consultant. And so that's, I mean, I always feel like um, that's the hardest part for me, but apparently I'm doing okay. <laughs> so now with a consultancy, that typically means that you're, you know, you're, you're onboarding clients on a Salesforce, as they're saying, right? Mm -hmm. uh, about how long would you say the process goes for that? Is it something where the client is kind of always a customer at that point, or is there, a, you know, you you gotta let you gotta let them fly? Um, my goal personally is to basically work myself out of a job, right? So I go in there, I try to do a well and a good enough job to where they eventually learn how to fly on their own. Okay. Um, a lot of times, though, I'm there just as basically staff augmentation. They're a big project. They just need somebody to get the ground going. I mean, hit the ground running and just hack through stuff and get it done for them. Um, so it really does depend on the project and on the client. Sometimes they have a need for you to take it, and then you are kind of married to them forever. I've had a few of those, right? Um, even in my previous world, not just Salesforce. Um, I, you know, I, I handled one client. I was their sole consultant for 10 years. Um, while I was in at Flexion the first time. And so you will find clients that they just become very reliant on you. Yeah. Even for simple things like, you know, you know, he, I'm a developer and not to say that, you know, certain functions don't belong in the development role, but I, I, I used to get tickets uh, sent to me for just adding, you know, fields to page layout, right? So would you say that then kind of uh, as a consultant, <clears throat> whether you're brought into a consultancy as a developer or an admin, you more than likely end up playing both roles. Yes, yes. I, I have anyway, yeah. Okay. Um, now, as an ISV developer, have you found that to be the case for you, RJ? I don't know. Um, so, not, sorry, I'm muted so that it wouldn't keep switching because uh, any little tiny noise I'm making here uh, switches the camera. But no, I mean, yes and no. It really depends, right? So when we were when we were first starting out right we were a tiny little startup and every little thing that happened was a 
it turned into a big thing, right? Um, so it was like, hey, man, we need to do this, but we also need to do X, Y, Z to get it to that level. And the X, Y, Z was admin stuff, you know? Um, and then also, since we were small, we were kind of being the admin. We, we all wore multiple hats, right? So, yes, in the beginning, but now not so much. All right, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, because Saber was. But you were in the transitioning phase, right? Yeah, like, in, so think about this, right? At CloudBuilt, uh, when I had first started up, was almost three years ago. Uh, and it was cloud built at that time. And it was basically in the dev office. It was me, Ben, Ben, Kev. That was it. So there's the four of us. And then in the sales office in Charlotte, it was like, I don't know, tops, 20 people, tops, maybe less, most likely less than that, right? So our admin was non-existent. It was Ben, really. Ben Brantley and Ben Bagley. So then it just fell to me also like, hey, if you want to do anything, you got to admin it. Sorry. Okay. So now have you ever worked for a, either of you? Um, have you ever worked for a customer on Salesforce? No, not on Salesforce. No. no. RJ? Nope. Um, I've done a couple of our services projects if that counts. Fair enough. I don't really. So. Don't know. Kind of give the general idea between the difference of a uh, ISV versus a consultancy versus a customer. customer is typically customers are kind of the the end of the line. They're not providing their services from that point on are being being extended beyond a configuration sort of standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. They're it's the point where you're breaking out of becoming a services. A provider for Salesforce to a actual user of Salesforce. And it's kind of crazy because I know as um, the only real customer experience I've ever had at, in any sort of faction at all was in uh, organizing Southeast Streaming last year where we had a Salesforce org. Yeah. And it was the very first time I ever had to use <laughs> Salesforce. That. Okay, so so you bring up a great question. That's what I'm always fascinated. So if you're an ISV, as you all are at Map Anything, how much of your day to day actually is Salesforce? Is any of it, or is it just because you're you have a Salesforce product that you are you know you are doing Salesforce work? I I'm really I'm really curious because it's like. Your whole day, and granted with things like Lightning and stuff now is all JavaScript, but your whole day is like JavaScript and stuff. And it, it, you're not like doing your typical, I need to create a workflow rule. I need to create a process. And that's what I was going to say that. is actually, believe it or not, that's when um, you do get into the, the Salesforce side of things. As a developer for an ISV, um, typically the bugs are what cause you to go in and actually start using Salesforce because you have to replicate yeah. what the client has set up in their org. Why is it failing? And a lot of times it's not as just simple copy and paste, you know, because for most of us as developers, the only stuff we have set up in our orgs are based because we were troubleshooting a client's org. Otherwise we would never have set it up. We would never change and enter in a validation rule or a process builder or anything like that. So if anything, I would say that an ISV developers org is the most screwed up 
Salesforce org possible. That's crazy. I would agree with that. A hundred percent. I would agree with that. that. That's crazy. So, I mean, but you still call yourself and I'm not, I believe me, I'm not questioning. Right. But I mean, so, but you still call yourself a Salesforce developer. Right. But really you're, Y'all are JavaScript developers. No, method, Apex. I, think, right? I program in Apex. So you do do like Apex? Like a boss. Okay. I'm just making sure. I don't I don't know what y'all do. And I know, I just know that Matt Benetton's got like a lot of JavaScript there. And I always hear you talk about JavaScript. But like, so but so you do have. Well, there's definitely a ton of JavaScript. But you got to remember that you still have to connect the data. That's, uh, yeah. That Okay. Yeah, I suppose you're And right. you're still building yeah. out like <laughs> dynamic queries. And you're still like, everything has to come, like everything has to interact somehow or another. And. Once again, gotcha. you like one of the challenges as an ISV, I'll, I'll admit as an ISV developer is probably like, uh, well, there's two things that I, I would say I think about constantly as a ISV developer that I didn't mm -hmm. as a consultancy developer. And one is security, right? Is, is I'm conscious now about the security because I'm not really doing it as a one-off. Now right, you're doing this for all of these people who are exactly, going to install your product. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm much more conscious about security, but two, um, speed, right? What's rendering or where is stuff happening? Okay. Because you don't want it all to be dumped onto the client mm -hmm. and you also don't want it all in the server. And when you're in a competitive space, such as most ISVs are in a competitive space, uh, amount of data displayed, the speed at which that data is retrieved and displayed, all those things matter. So you can spend a lot of time in R&D in both, uh, and you can write out the entire program in Apex mm -hmm. and the entire program in JavaScript, and then slowly start weedling it, like weeding it out to figure out which algorithms are faster where, so that wow. come runtime, you can put you know 50,000 markers on a map in 10 seconds. You gotta be careful though, because, because, it's all rendering on the client. And so if you put too much in JavaScript, if they don't have enough RAM, uh, you're out, <laughs> you know? Uh, but if you load Apex with too much of it, Apex will poop out. It's, uh, yeah, wow. it's, a, it's, a, it's a balancing act for sure. And then uh, just to make it a little, to put it in more concise terms, Ryan, for you, um, basically most of the JavaScript, I would say, probably around 90, 85 to 90 percent of the JavaScript that happens at map anything is uh, purely UI based. So it's like rendering something or it's doing something UI based. Uh, whereas to say or not to say that the apex isn't building towards that, but most of the apex stuff that's that's what you would look at and call completely back end, you know because there's not a lot of visual force. There's visual force, but there's not a lot of visual force components that are being used. It's mostly JavaScript for the UI and Apex for the back end. Gotcha. But once again, you know, that that's or not even once again, I guess we never said it, but what may be, you know, unique for Map Anything, which I guarantee that's not unique for Map Anything, that's probably very common across the board for most Salesforce uh, applications, is that quite a bit of them are ran. I mean, but that's I mean, almost any web application is going to have some server code. Yeah, and yeah. Some client code. That's just you I know. just I always hear you guys talking about the JavaScript stuff, and so for whatever reason, it keep it keeps leaving my brain that you you are doing Apex backend work there and everything, and so yeah, and uh, you know I I have I have to stop for a second. And shout out to Megan Bronke who's yes, typing hi, Megan. faster 
then I can respond in YouTube. But hello, Megan. But she's saying Raymond is uh, stealing a lot of uh, her comments and her thoughts. So hello, Megan. Thanks for joining us. Kevin made that word up. Kevin made that word up. Can I see? Where do I see her comments, guys, boys? You actually can't see them unless you oh. are watching the YouTube channel. But since Raymond has set up hey, our video wait, today, Ryan, we can't do that. Are you saying that. you're watching the show? I'm kind of watching the show. <laughs> Why don't you be on the show? I'm watching it. Would 15, you like to join us? I'm watching it 15 seconds behind what's happening. Roughly. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah. So Probably. I mean, I've done that. The the whole Apex thing. I I just forget that you you do that because I hear you guys talk about. Totally. No, I mean, you must use a lot of Apex though, right? Well, yeah, I mean, as, yeah, that's all I do because I do all my development on platform. I haven't even had the opportunity, although I would welcome it, um, to like jump off platform and do something on Heroku and integrate But nobody ever asks for Visual Force pages? Well, I do that too, yeah. But isn't that, don't you ever toss in JavaScript into there? Or is it just that you just pretty much stick specifically to the Apex tags? It depends on what what they're actually asking for. I've had to do some next level JavaScripting as well um i don't like to mix the two a whole lot i try to rely on the action function and stuff like that as much as i can um that said uh with lightning and everything though i mean yeah now it's now it's like the world's your oyster i feel like yeah um i yeah but yeah i've done tons of visual force more than i really care because for the longest time visual force just used to do nothing but tick me off um but yeah i i do a lot of visual force i do a lot of apex Okay. And then I do a lot of the configuration. And that's that's actually been the biggest switch for me is I've been a developer for almost 18 years total. Um, and it was hard for me to make that switch into the configure side of the programming. Um, so as a matter of fact, now though, it's like I feel like I do more process builder flow than I do anything else. Really? Short of when I'm brought in to a client that has an existing code base that needs stuff modified. But if there's ever a situation when I'm in there where I'm like, you know, we could actually drop this bit of code and your admins can take care of it if we move this functionality over process builder and flow. Where so it makes it's, I mean, it's so, really, really relevant that you know the admin side of Salesforce. I think so. And I was having a talk with somebody the other day. Oh, I can't remember who it was now, but we were kind of thinking like, you know, it, it's almost as if, I think it was Jennifer Bennett. Um, my developer twin, but it's almost as if we were thinking, you know what, it it would almost make sense for Salesforce to say, you know what, before you can become an Apex virtual or uh, Apex Visual Force developer certified, you should at least pass your admin exam. I think okay. And you know, when I first started on Salesforce, Kevin, my boss, was 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 always adamant that I go ahead and get my admin, and I was like, eh, no, I'm not going to get my admin. I just want to be my developer. And then in May, I actually, so I was on the platform for three and a half, four years before I finally got my admin develop or my admin certification. I've been a developer for one forever. I've got to go and retake and get like the I dev one now, them. but. I got two passes from Trailhead X and I haven't, I haven't. You got to get on that. I have to get on that. Like legitimately have to get on that. Get Megan on. over here is still going, Megan. Yeah. So what, what are we saying over here, Megan? She's JavaScript, front end developer, everything else. Yes, yes. It's, I don't know. I, she's typing real. so fast. I can't keep up with it. This is on. this is good stuff. Is it, he's a unicorn. Who's a unicorn? What is going on over here in the chat? If you're following I'm, the chat, I'm not. Can you please chat and tell me what's going on <laughs> in the chat? I need to, I need to uh, pop so over sorry. and see what's happening. 
Yeah, this is this has been this is this is unique because normally I'm right in front of the other laptop, so I can see it when it's coming up, and then you guys are interacting with each other, and now you and I interact. I know you and I are interacting, and, and RJ is all the way over RJ's there. RJ is all by himself in an office with with nobody to interact with, and so yeah. So as none of us have really been customers, we can only kind of uh, well, let's make up a word for Megan's sake: speculate. <laughs> we can only speculate. <laughs> <laughs> nice that a customer um I, I mean like i've known a couple of people who have developed for customers right yeah um obviously they have a normal day-to-day -day license or, or, or uh, development cycle mm -hmm. but from the most part from what i hear uh from our you know co-workers who have worked for customers in the past dan and david have both said that you know it, it becomes more maintenance it very much does. So that is one reason I've always been concerned whether or not I actually want to become a on the customer side because it just becomes like um, the same thing. I mean, it's the same problems. It's the same environment. And now you're just in maintenance mode. And I think developers tend to get bored when we hit maintenance mode, right? Developers want to create and do new things. And if you're at a company that unless they are moving and they have a roadmap and they we're doing this and then we're going to this product, we're going to make this. And that's great to keep things moving along. But if they're one where it's like, hey, everything's working now, we're just kind of in maintenance mode, a little enhancement here, a little enhancement there. I, I feel like I would get bored, um, which is why if I eventually go the customer route, I, I would rather be like product ownership strategy mm -hmm. than than the developer. Um, but that said, I know very many happy developers that are fine living in the customer world, mm -hmm. right? And they love it and wouldn't have it any other way, you know. So and and I think some of them would make very good consultants as well. But you know, they they like doing what they're doing where they're doing it because of that consistency. Where I think consistency, I I could see myself getting bored with consistency. I. I question it. There is okay. So as a consultant, um, I kind of got stressed out about the constant change mm -hmm. because you couldn't feel true ownership towards anything. So I'll admit that as a consultant, that's kind of how I felt. Uh, I've as a ISV developer, there have been times where I wish there was some monotony instead of a constant feature release date and everything is like on on deadline 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 and consultancies are very the same very much the same um but because it's for one customer you might be able to kind of talk to them a little mm -hmm. as an ISE, you have huge amounts of like pressure on you because everyone's expecting it at this point so i've thought about it mm -hmm. um however once again yeah you do get to the point where it would be nice for a little while but i don't think mm -hmm. i could deal with a maintenance yeah style of life over and over and over again I go back and forth. So you ask me when I'm having a bad day and I'm going to absolutely say, God, I just want the same environment and no more surprises. Right. Because you get up in the morning and you have a set plan for something and then you get an email or a phone rings and then all of a sudden something's out and it needs your attention. So yeah, it gets to be very stressful when you have those situations. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to tell. But we're reading Megan again. Yeah, we are. Because she had something. I mean, she says, okay, but back to being a customer, at least as a partner, you can work on a product. And I'll, I completely agree with that. Um, just being a customer gets maintenance. Keep 
awkwardly. She says, keep reading awkwardly. Okay. <laughs> Write more. But no, but that's the whole point, right? What you're saying is, as a consultant or whatever, I it's true. I really don't get a lot of product ownership in anything, right? right. I don't feel like, unless I'm involved from beginning to end, I don't feel like I really own that product when it's done. Now, that said... Um, one of the partners that I work with on the West Coast, um, we're, we're going to do a communities launch here. And um, I've largely architected that from the start. I've, you know, we've ideated together and came up with it. And even though one group of people said you'll never sell that, we actually we actually sold that idea and they're on board. So I feel tremendous ownership with that one. So the, the ownership does occasionally come. It's more of a unicorn in the consultant side of the world, I think. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I feel like I need some of that, some of that surprise. Now, like I said, when, when you have your day planned and then it just blows up in your face because surprise hashtag consulting, then that gets to be a so, little hashtag hashtag consulting. Um, yeah. So it, it, the grass is always greener, right? <laughs> I can see myself saying I've, I've had it with consulting. I want to be a customer. And then after six months going, okay, let's bring on something. New, right. right? Totally. So, yeah, it's it's just it's a wonderful world, and I I, I in, uh, encourage everybody to just try their options, right? If you are somebody that likes more consistency, and you know how your day is going to go from eight to five for the most part, then you're probably leaning more towards the customer side. If you are wanting that change of pace and something different, and be be exposed to all of the different areas that you can touch with Salesforce communities on one thing, and maybe service cloud here or marketing cloud here then maybe consulting's more for you. But if you want to get into that, hey, I want to bring a product to market and launch it or whatever, now you're, you're, you're talking about ISV, right? So um, there, there's something in it for everybody. I oh. think. A lot of options. Well, all right. So a couple of quick notes before we kind of uh, wrap the whole thing up here. We're going to remember be at Dreamforce yes. November 9th. And I've already talked to Ryan, and all you have to do is find Ryan in the crowd and say, I want to be on system.debug, and Ryan will do an interview with you. Sure. On Facebook Live. Or I just something. found out. He will, he will do it live <laughs> with you, so you can be on system.debug. Brand so. new. This is brand new. We're just yeah. learning about it. <laughs> Great. Yes. By all means, man, find me at Dreamforce, because I like to interact with people when I'm there. So, yeah, it's November. I get in on November 5th. I fly out on the 10th. I purposely keeping my schedule pretty open okay. so I can just see where things take me. Um, I will absolutely be unavailable if I can get into the Michelle Obama talk, though. I guarantee you I will be there for that. Um, and then, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what else happens, what else I get involved with. Lenny Kravitz? Um, yeah, I'll probably go. I don't Alicia know. Keys? I don't know. I They're playing at Dreamforce, everybody. I know they're going to be at AT&T Park, which I may go for the venue alone because that is a it's great walking venue. distance. Yeah, you can you can actually walk. I I walked when Green Day was there in 2013. 15 minutes from the Moscone yeah. West. Yeah, so. it's not going to be like out at the Cow Palace or the pier where you got to take buses and everything. Like right. That. Yeah. So I didn't even go last year, but this this year I might. I don't know. Well, I mean, hit me up. Maybe I'll walk over there with you. There you go. That All sounds right. good. And find us. We'll walk over there with you and do That's a Facebook right. Live. Apparently, the whole way. The whole the way. whole way to AT&T Park. So I can see that happening. I can definitely see that. <laughs> BJ's like, hey, hey, wait, wait, we're not there yet. Keep talking. Yeah. So remember to run into us at at Dreamforce. Remember to like and subscribe to the videos if you like and 
want to subscribe to them. But we really appreciate it when you all do. And, we like to watch uh, that little number go up. We sure do. And remember, keep listening if that's what you're doing. Uh, we really appreciate every one of you. So Yeah, help us spread the word. Hey, real quick, are we done with the shirts? We are done with the shirts, but I do okay. want to say that we brought up in about $300 in donations for Feeding Texas. So I really, really want to thank everybody out there who helped uh, raise money for this. Yeah, that was that was cool. Felt good to do, and we we'll be doing it again. Yeah, yeah. But I we're gonna so. pick a different uh, a different food bank every time. So maybe we'll be doing one near you. Yeah, that'd be cool. All or right. Atlanta, if this hurricane uh, hits us pretty well, hard. They just had a tornado on the east side of Madison. We did. My daughter was actually at a, swim a tornado. Yes, yeah, a tornado. Tornado. Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> don't you know? Oh, don't Bobby, you. don't you know? Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, I forgot. So, yeah, we had a tornado. My daughter and my wife were at my daughter's swim meet, and they had to go into the locker room and hang out for like twenty minutes. So, yeah. Oh man, it's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, it it apparently touched down, did a little bit of damage, but I don't know what. I didn't, you know. Sure as hell was no hurricane, man. I mean, my heart goes out to all those Puerto Rico and all that. I mean, man, tornadoes are like fifteen seconds, intense wind. And it's over, but like hurricane is yeah. all damn day. And we had one guy on our team in the Atlanta office who actually got the whole team together, and we raised almost four hundred dollars and went to Publix and and Walmart, and we we brought a whole bunch of stuff and uh, dropped it off at a restaurant that was filling up a cargo plane. So just the devs in our office uh, helped out. I was really really glad to like know that I work for that kind of a team. Yeah. You know? and so real quick then, before we before we go off on that, what role do you think being part of the Salesforce ecosystem plays in that? Do you think Map Anything would just be that kind of company anyway, or do you think there's a large influence coming from the one 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 model and all of I that? I honestly that... feel Map Anything would be that way anyway, and I say that because once again, for instance, in this case, the employees drove it. We didn't ask for permission. We didn't tell the rest of the company. We just said, "Hey guys, you know, here's an email. If anybody's willing, I'm gonna drop it off on Saturday. So just oh, bring that's it in." Cool. So. Knowing that those are your coworkers, that it's it's self-driven, it's it's driven from the team versus you know the company. I feel like Lewis like, would have done it anyway. No I agree. And that's you know what I'm saying? I feel oh, yeah. like Lewis is just like, yo, I'm doing this, and that's it wouldn't have mattered if he worked here or McDonald's or uh, KPMG or wherever. He would have just been like, yeah, whoever wants to get involved, hop in. Like, let's let's get this party started. Yeah, I like that. I I I hope to see more companies start doing stuff. I like think that. we're gonna find yeah. it. Well, all right, everybody. Yeah, sorry about that. Little sidebar there. It's but, cool. Uh, yeah, are we done? We're done. All right, I'm going to bump us out of here.